It all started back in 2013. Data wants to be free. Let's call bullshit on people who are bullshitting us as well, and that's how we're going to build the future of finance, all of us together, and that's how we're going to move forward. Sounds good to me. There's something magical about the crypto valley. You create the money more than any kind of central banks doing. Blockchain will revolutionize trust on a global scale. You can feel the entrepreneurial spirit everywhere. This is Crypto Valley Visionaries Podcast. Crypto Valley Visionaries. Visionaries. Welcome to Crypto Valley Visionaries Podcast. This is your host Ivana here, and together with my co-host Ralph, in this podcast, we interview entrepreneurs and visionaries from the global blockchain scene. Together, we explore how blockchain technology is changing the world, and we discuss different stories from their entrepreneurial journey. Today, we get to sit down with Luca Müller, the founding partner of the law firm MME and the co-founder and chairman of the board of Signum. Luca was in Silicon Valley during the dot-com boom. He helped structure the Ethereum Foundation in Switzerland, and he started several different companies, one of which is MME, a large Swiss legal firm, and Signum, the world's first licensed crypto bank. In this episode, we talk with Luca about the early days of Crypto Valley, when Ethereum first came and settled down in Zug. We touch upon what is the secret formula that makes some projects succeed or fail, and we talk about how important it is to hire the right people at the right time that not only have good execution skills, but also fit into the team culture. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. I mean, the interview was very nice. You didn't ask me really nasty questions, so <laughs> the sweat level was low. Uh, thank you very much for that, you know. Welcome, Luca, to CV Labs and the uh, podcast with uh, Crypto Valley Visionaries. Uh, Luca, you know, you were, you were in the Silicon Valley in the dot-com boom. You helped give birth to Ethereum, you know, decentralized computational network um, and the bank. And you found a law firm too. So what are you, a lawyer, a banker? Uh... I think I'm driven by passion. I like whatever I do, I, lo I like, I love. And if I love it, then I actually, I, I try to develop it. I try to find ways to make it a bit more efficient and to have fun. And th that was actually the reason why I founded all these, or helped to found, to set up all these different initiatives, companies, all my life long. Many people don't know that you were early on in the startup scene, so in... Uh you know, you were in fintech in the early 2000s, you know, and um, how was it at the time? I mean, you were also trying to do something in Zug. H how was that? Yeah, look, actually, when we were in 1999, 2000, we were in, uh, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and then we saw the potential of a web interface. So we saw the web interface interaction of clients and uh, service providers, and we saw a potential that we could actually service uh, or let's say issue via a web platform shares and that that what we tried in two and that was a company called uh, i uh, yes i4c was the name of a co of the company we had a poc to issue shares but really web interface based and uh, but at that time, you know, we were studying the law and it was so many aspects, you know, which was against us, you know, and then uh, we ran out of money, actually, at the end of the day. But that was in uh, 2000, 2001. And in 2003, I saw that uh, the, the law will be changed on the AML side. 
and that the financial intermediaries had to actually have access to a very efficient uh, way to open, open a public sources of compliant relevant information. So then I actually I, I, I started um, KYC Spider together with a uh, ETH spin-off, and that was in 2003, and first AI tool to search, uh, to search the web, uh, to search the web and to find um, compliant, relevant information for the financial intermediaries. That was in 2003. And at the same time, in 99, you know, I, I, I opened, I actually started my law firm with two of my colleagues. So I had uh, I4C at that time. I had the uh, MME, KYC Spider. And in the early days, I was even president of the local chamber of commerce here in Zug. That's amazing. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. So you, I know you, you, you tried to create some movement here on the, you know, basically with your first fintech in the early 2000s. Now again, it's 2015, 16, where a real boom happened in, in Zug. How would you compare these two times? You know, what, what do you think has has changed. Uh. We had 2008. You know, 2008, again, focused on a complete other side. You know, we were actually as yes, a financial crisis, a, f a full, full load of new regulations come, um, being heading us. And business was doing well. Maybe I have to add that at that time, you know, we had also a change in the gaming law in Switzerland. The gaming law in 2000. And I actually, I, I set up the whole anti-money laundering, criminal uh, defense scheme for the whole Swiss industry. At that time, you can, you can imagine we had uh, in 2000 a new law. Uh, as from 2000, uh, all the applicants could apply for a license to, to run a casinos. And I think at that time I had about 70% of the market in advising all these projects, setting up casinos in Switzerland. So I really, I was doing a lot of gaming, gaming law, but more the compliance AML process side of the gaming. And uh, shortly after that, I had a lot of requests from uh, online gaming applications. To what extent is it possible to offer and to run online gaming uh, activities here in Switzerland? And then uh, in 2013, 14, we had the first Bitcoin um, legal uh, assistance requests, you know, in a way, how is it if we would distribute bitcoins, if we would set up simple fund structures here in Switzerland? It was not a technology request in a way, it was more like using Switzerland as a issuing jurisdiction for, for uh, cryptos. And so I actually got the first time in contact with Bitcoin 2013 with, uh, with such a request. And then in 2014, uh, uh, Vitalik, Vitalik's team knocked uh, uh, at my door, actually not far away from here, Kuppelstrasse 11. On the other side of the train tracks. Others yes. actually, where I say always say we should have a some sign there because actually they all everything was born there, and we had a lot of lots of meetings there. So early early February, I would say, um, they knocked at my door and asked me, um, you know, if uh, what what how could we set up a structure to launch a decentralized open source protocol. They were all distributed. So actually they were working, working, and we had to set up the structure, the, the foundation structure, that it was a running structure, we all the governance in place, uh, all the tax situation had to be actually dealt with. We got rulings. 
And then in 2015, there was the Genesis launch, you know, one out. That's an interesting story. So now in hindsight, you spoke a little bit about, you know, what you would do, do differently and, uh, and how you're firm. When you think you saw a lot of entrepreneurs, right? And you, you dealt with a lot of big projects, uh, many of them, you know, still running and quite successful. So when you think back, what do you, or actually today also, when you look at these projects, what do you think really is, is essential for them to be successful, right? Uh, techies are their own breed of people. They're difficult to deal with uh, sometimes. But what do you think really are the aspects that made um, the projects that are still successful today uh, what they are? It's... There are many, if, if you set up, let's say, a protocol or a project, there are so many aspects you have to deal with. One is, of course, the core technology. You need to have, you, you need to motivate, you need to actually create an environment that um, all these developers in the world are interested to build on it and use it, a protocol. So that's one thing. So you need to have some spiritual believing that this is the right thing, that it's a good, this is a good protocol and people... And you need to convince people and developers, uh, actually with facts. Actually, you, ha you need to have a good code, good coding, good concept. So it's not talking. It's not like, you know, talking, oh, I have now a new financial product and you will be rich in 10 days. No, it's a good code. That's one thing. And so I saw really some really good guys, you know, at, uh, and, and uh, working a lot. And, and we... You have to see as a lawyer, you know, it's uh, on, 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 on technical side, you can't really judge if the code is really good, but you have a certain feeling, you know, a certain feeling. And, and, and uh, if, if there is a really good um, spirit of development, a good spirit in the tech teams, that's one thing. Secondly, it is you need to have also a little bit of structure. So structure, that means, you know, how do you pay the invoices? How do you pay uh, um, development work? How do you... Uh, all these kind of really nitty-gritty commercial work structure. And not all the developers are good structures, like a, a chief operating officer. So what I would say, if you have a good development team, you have a good chief operating officer, having all in control, that all the social security numbers are clear, all the tax files are filing. That's one thing. It sounds not really sexy, but it's a very important part. And then what the third issue is, you need a team to manage the community. Because a protocol is a community, is a community, is, is partly a community ecosystem-driven uh, um, business. If you do, if you have a very good protocol, but you do not have a lot of addresses, a lot of people using it, it's actually not very attractive. So you need to build up a community, believing in in using it, believing in the protocol, being more on the user side rather on the developer side. So you have the developer community, you have your own community working in the protocol, actually setting it up, and then you have also the user, investor, whatever community, you know. Because, you know, in the investor community, they come much later on because, you know, they, if, for example, if you have, a, a, um, if you have uh, an application uh, startup and you base your application on an Ethereum network, 
then it's actually interesting for the investor to look at the network itself. You know, uh, yes, what kind of network are you using? Is it used? So it's, it's really it's a lot of aspects you have to deal with. Interesting. And in terms of personalities, right, you met, you know, you met some over the top, you know, bigger than life personalities, right? Some delivered, some didn't deliver. I mean, maybe you can tell a crazy story or just think about some of the characteristics that you think, you know, made really made yeah. some of these yeah, projects you, successful. Yeah, I mean, you have so many different, I mean, just imagine, I mean, you have a Gavin Wood, you have a Charles Hodgkinson, you have a, a, a Vitalik Buterin. They're all so different in different types, you know, and they are, maybe you can say prima donnas in, 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 in believing what they do as, as, as coding and things like this. And, and I can imagine that it's very difficult if they're all in the same team and they were the same team at the beginning, you know. And... I, I I was sometimes, you know, I I, I just, uh, they had their internal um, Genesis team meetings. And I, later on, I came in because I had, I said, you know, the technical stuff is your side. We come when, when it's relevant from a legal point of view. But the air was hot, you know. So you saw that was a, <laughs> a lot of... Yes, a lot of let's say a lot of hard work they had, you know, and and maybe disputes as well. But it was well, never it was never unfriendly. But you saw that they had their positions to defend, you know, and that was to to an extent also good. This actually out of this came all these new protocols, you know, Web three, Gavin and and Cardano, and Ethereum. So they all came from let's say the same breed, and all developed their own projects. Interesting. So um, we now turn a little bit, you know, to your latest venture and and what we're really interested. Uh, so Signum, uh, as people probably know, um, and you know, you're building a really, uh, you're building a bank, obviously, uh, from a very small team from an early startup. So what is of interest to to us and to people, you know, that start companies. Um, you know how maybe we start that. How did you decide? You know to start to start Signum, right? You had assisted a number of decentralized projects. Now you're you're building, a, you're you know founding a silo to support the industry. So, so maybe how how, how what was the reason and, and how did you come to the conclusion that there was a bank uh, a bank needed? And then uh, and then we'll want to talk about the culture. So how can you build a culture? Yeah, look, it was. Uh the idea to build a bank uh, was born in 2017. We were thinking, you know, you know what's missing? It's actually we need to have a fully digital asset integrated bank. Not only to provide fiat access to some of the projects here, because it's actually a pain to get fiat access, but also to start also to work with FINMA to, to, to deal with all these aspects of and we have two really categories, the, the, the crypto category and the, what we call the BCP ones, the counterparty less native uh, utility token side like Ethereum, Bitcoin and so on. And you have more the uh, what we call the BCP twos. These are the security token and counterparty token side, which is also a little bit different. And then we said, okay, let's think of it, you know, to, um, to have... And I'm convinced even, I mean, when we're talking with the decentralized guys, you know, they say, okay, come in, how we, do we now re-centralize what we decentralize? But my position is we always will have, or at least the next 20, 30 years, centralized elements in the financial industry. 
we will use a lot of these, hopefully using more and more decentralized elements, decentralized exchange, thing like this, hopefully. But we will never, ever have that, in, let's say, done overnight. So we need, for the next five, ten years, we need to have a, a, first, a first, let's say, bank doing and having the pain going through it. And it's not like other banking projects just using Bitcoin as a new asset class. We are a fully, fully DLT-based, I mean, not, not based, but our, all our structures, we, are, we, 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 we don't just have a, 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 the DLT assets as one asset class. We are fully structured, DLT-structured, full platform-based. And, and we, I'm convinced that we need such centralized structure actually to launch the, the decentralized products in the future. And the others were convinced as well. So we were there, you know, probably was beer number five, you know, we were, we were thinking and talking. And I had Matthias Imbach and uh, Manuel Krieger there. They were sitting and it was Jos Hörner was also from Swisscom was there as well. And then I said, guys, uh, there are some really con three conditions actually, which uh, we need to do, three conditions and I'm in actually. Just imagine, 2017, already a full book of work, you know. So I said, I will be in if we do the following. We have a government element in it because this is a trust element. So Swisscom should be in. Um, I would need to have a top, top execution team. Top execution. I said, look, I'm 56. I'm becoming 56. I have already the companies in my back work. I can actually help you to, to set the structures, to build a team, to, to make the legal outline, to, 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 to do all these, 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 these development work. Happy to do that. It's my passion. I love it. But I cannot operationally run it. So if you find a team and it was November until the end of the year because they said, oh, we need probably have to actually, because we need to terminate our working contract. So it's actually, can we do that? And said, yeah, it's, it's up to you. So, yeah, but we have to then actually send our termination notice until end of December. And I said, yeah, as I said, you know, conditions, uh, one conditions I forgot. I said, I want to focus, I want to have Swiss-centric, European, uh, phase one and an angle to Asia. That's precondition number two as well, or three. And we don't touch the US later on, but I want to touch the US once we have a bit more muscles. And so they went back and um, 10 days later, I, I, they re I received an email and they said, we are in. And they said, oh, shit, I probably was. You yeah, know, I didn't really believe. I said, oh, shit, maybe. Don't do business talks when you drink beer. But then I actually said, these guys, you know, I think we could do it. I think, I think, and it was then 21st of December already, you know. And then we actually set up our, let's say, our more like, like a vision constitution stamped it, and then the other terminated their working contracts at the end. And then we had to do a lot of, let's say, preparation work. And finally, so uh, April 2018, 
we started. And who were the first people that that you hired uh, to do this venture with you? Because you mentioned that one of your requirements was that you have the team that is capable to do it. But because they say that uh, first 10 people that we hire into a company will either make it or break it. So my question is, uh, how did you choose your team uh, that was up to this task? Um, I met Matthias uh, Imbach and Manuel Krieger already before. So I, I, when you have, uh, let's say, I had, I have in average now a bit less, but I have in average between 50 to 150 projects on my desk every year. Project teams, you know, entrepreneurs believing, you know, that they can actually change the world. And I had such a good feeling in my stomach when I saw these two guys. And <clears throat> then I had an, an, a, the second wave of good stomach feelings was when they introduced number three, Gerald from uh, Singapore. And actually I hadn't to do a lot of interviews. My feeling was if I have already good feeling with them and they have a good feeling with Gerald, it matches. And it did. My feeling I had in 2017 in December regarding the EXCO team did not change. I had not been disappointed until now. And if, if you work already three years with them, can't. I mean, then, then it doesn't. So these three execution guys, Gerald, Manu and Matthias, they rocked it. And they have the full responsibility and full pain of everything. And what were the, some of the specific uh, fee, um, traits that you observed in them? And uh, what are the, the values that you look for uh, in other people when you are thinking of doing business with them? You know what I like is if somebody asks me first, um, how can we do it? How can we solve it? And then how, do we, how much do we earn it? So it's more like mm-hmm. this spirit. It's more like the way, guys, we can do it. We will do it. And I see that if they tell me they will do it, then they really do it. I can, because, you know, I learned in other projects that, yes, I help you, I'm in, but I could not rely. Mm-hmm. Because if you are under, if you have so many things on your desk, you need to rely that the other person is doing really what you want. If not, you are regarded as failing, you know? So that's really important that, you have a team, you can say, okay, these guys, can I really rely on them? And you can, and that makes you really... And then you start also to have... Then it's also, um, I would say, how you call it in English? You start to self-motivating yourself or motivating the others. It's more like everybody's motivating because the team is working very well. And just imagine we were able to get the banking license of a digital bank in nine months. <laughs> in nine months. Then it sounds like you guys done uh, a lot of hard work to to jumpstart the the company. But then my question is, how do you um, make sure that this? Um, how do you build the company values, and how do you make sure that the other people who come in in a later stage also adopt these hardworking values, and that they? And how do you make sure that they are the right fit to the team that you already built? Um, the values that was one thing we did very early in the company. We said, listen, we let's sit together, define our values, which was not very difficult because we share we share some very basic values. And after that, we don't discuss anymore these values. They just are there and they are relevant for us. And things like open, 
transparent, helpful team. And not talking, I mean, just team. everybody talks about teamwork, but team is team. So if, if your job as a leader in such a company is make your team successful, not yourself, make them others successful. If some of your teammates is successful, celebrate, celebrate this success. One element is if you have, if something's not working, address it. If it's negative, address it directly, always directly, never in a big audience. If you have positive messages, the audience can so as big as possible. If you have negative messages, as small as possible, you know. But tell it, address it, open. And if we see that in our company, somebody's doing, has having their own agenda, policies, trying to actually set up a special a team, you know, supporting him, we don't want that. And I tell you, in the past, if you look, we had, we had to terminate some of the working contracts. And it was not because they were not delivering. They were not fitting in the team. And, you know, in a small team, it is so relevant that you have the right persons. The smaller the team is, the more relevant it is that you find the right person. And if you have somebody, okay, and then you see this person is deliver, delivering actually very well. They, 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 they deliver, but something's not working. I mean, God feeling, tell me this is not the team. It's not team spirits. It's working against the team. And then it's another mistake you can do. Because such a person is delivering, is actually has a good delivery, you wait too long. You say, okay, oh, come, come and we use the work. It's good. We need it. We, we, every, anyhow, we are short in capacities. But you should, and that's entrepreneur. I mean, this is entrepreneurial work. To, to actually look in your mirror and say, guys, or Luca, does this person fit in team? And you say, no, terminate the contract. But I tell you, I, it happens to me every second year that I don't follow my own rules. Because, you know, then I, you employ somebody, especially in a stress situation, you you have you don't have the time to look too carefully. And once you actually have the gut feeling, oh, maybe this person not fitting your team, you are so deep in shit of work, you know, it's so, okay, okay, let, let him or her work and work. And I actually, I deal with it later. Mistake. How is it that you actually realize, okay, this person is not the right fit into the team? So what are some of the warning signs? Warning, warning signs is... I tell you, it's one thing, one warning sign is absolutely clear. If you, if such a person starts to talk negative about another person, all the lamps should be red. Red. Then you say, why do you tell me this? Tell her, tell him. That's one of the signs, you know, if, if, and, and this is a culture, a culture you should not allow in your company. Don't talk negative about other persons. Never. And that's one of the real, and it's a, it's a very good sign. I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> because you will hear and see it a lot, you know. So when you started, uh, you know, looking for the team, so you have your management and your co-founders, basically, essentially, these are co-founders. Um, you know, they're building the team. Um, you're building a bank. Uh, so were you looking for bankers or for people that uh, can work in a startup? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we are. We were looking. We were looking for both. We were a little bit disappointed with the bankers, I must say, in the beginning, uh, and uh, 
But, but now we have a very good banking crew as well, coming from the traditional banking world, but having a very the, the older generation, not the younger generation. And, um, you know, we have a capped income. So if somebody is working, look, our team, they, if they were in the open market, they would three, four, five times earn more. And that's also what we said, you know, guys, this is our investors' money. This is no big salaries. You get shares, that's one of the remuneration you get. Salaries, we will not be a bank as the other banks. So we will earn with the client. And that if you can give your fingerprint on, on this principle, you're in. So you already have a quite selection. Selection, people. yes. It's very, probably quick. Uh, you're it's, quick to, it's a very good selection of yes. people coming. So we have, um, you know, somebody asked us, are you now a tech company or a bank? Mm, okay. Yeah, we are both. We are a licensed bank. Um, and I tell you, if you have a license, life is changing because then it's the structure, the organization, all these, all these reglaments, all these... Uh, directions you have to follow and set up this is a notification audits you have this is not startup this is so the challenge is now that we need to have the startup groove we need to have the development groove on one on the one side on the other hand we need to be fully compliant with swiss banking regulation and that's actually one of my uh Next questions. Um, so I assume that at the beginning when you started, you were just a startup and then you moved into being a regulated bank. How was it for your employees? For your, um, uh, did, they have, did they adapt easily to new uh, processes, regulations, or uh, did you have to help them to adapt to being more structured? Um, we, it was not such a difficult process because as from the beginning, because we were a little bit let's say, second, third generation of startup people, we knew that we had to have a structured um, way already as from the beginning. So we were very well structured from the beginning. So it was not a change from an absolute chaos into a structure. As from the beginning, it was a full, it was like really more or less like an army style operation. So it was not a big move. It was, it was more like, you know, now, to say, guys, come on now, let's do it and work. And, 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 and don't, even if, if we have audit, audit number four, audit number five, costing us thousands of francs, you know, again, explaining everything. Keep the spirit. And what do you think that makes good leaders? And how do you choose leaders in your organizations? Leaders, they need to be themselves. You know, you can't play a leader. You can't play to be the leader. And... A leader doesn't want to be a leader. She or he does it because she, she has the passion. She says, okay, let's do it. And I stand for it. I, even if, if, you do not do, if you don't do it, I do it. And I work to it. I work day and night to have it accomplished. So it's, it's, it's the spirit. It's, 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 it's not really the learning or let's say a lot of doctor PhDs and whatsoever. I mean, this is, can be an, an indication of, 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 let's say, of, 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 of doing, of having the passion to do something. But it's, yeah, it's, you feel it. If somebody can do it, you feel it. And for example, when you're hiring somebody to join Signum, so what does this person have to have? What are the skills and, and uh, features that you're looking in this person? Uh, first, such a person has to actually believe 
I always ask in Bitcoin and in Ethereum. If you don't believe in this world, don't work with us. Because, you know, there, there, is, there, is, there are some guys, yes, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum is the first start, but then it will be the, the institutional market and, and, and then we use the protocols for selling shares and whatsoever. Of course we do that. Of course we do that. And we are happy to do that. And I believe this will be an incredible good future for us. But never forget where it comes from. Never. Never. And we will never, and for me, I'm, I, I think, again, you know, it, hopefully we will have a lot of protocols. This is what I wish to Crypto Valley. So that, that's what I also said, you know, we should, I mean, we have a lot of applications, startups, but we need the protocols. We need to have the protocols here. This is, this, they will be one of the main, let's say, bases for development because they are laying the bases, the, the, the the, the, from the architectural, from the IT architectural software point of view, they lay the base layer. And that's what will be interesting and important in the future. And we in the bank, you know, we have set up a full process to make the protocols bankable. And we discussed it with Finma. So we have a process to make protocols bankable. And I think this should be a value for the protocols, you know, not only storing, let's say, um, Bitcoins or Ethereum, to, but to make them bankable, accessible. So going back to your question, they need to believe in Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's always. Then they, they need to have, and then they need to be in for a low salary and, and high expectation. And they need to be proud to work for us. And then... And not stupid, actually, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And as a follow-up question on that, how do you make sure that you motivate your employee? Or are there any special things that you do to keep your employees motivated and believing in the in the, what you're building? Even though they're, for example, getting paid less than they would pay, be paid somewhere else. Now I can tell you what we do in MME. You know, because that's a, a bit an older company. It's 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 in, it's it, it's it was growing as well, and and uh, Signum is, is is pretty new. So in MME. You would not believe it. In MME, we had first also our culture, our spirit. Um, we regard us always as a modern young team. Just imagine, we are only 21 years old. So, but now in the mid-range of the big companies, you know. So, but we, and 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 when I when we started, three lawyers, you know, nobody took us serious in in, in, in Zurich, you know, three guys, you know, and even and. And now we're growing and growing and growing, and but we always kept the same spirit, and this is what the same spirit we have now in in in, in uh, Signal. It's open, open door policy, uh, teamwork. We share, and that's also our the way how we we distribute our income. We share it. Be 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 positive and all this stuff. And we have a, a culture of very good events. So we have Christmas events. We have a, a ski weekend, which we always do in a very remote valley in Switzerland called the Val Müsteir. Very, very nice. Very remote, yeah. Very remote. Basically in huts, you know, and, and two days. And this, is such a, it's this, this gives such strong elements, team elements and, and summer events. And uh, every loaf, every in Zug and in Zurich, we have our own bars with a beer tap, you know. 
So it's 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 uh, that's what we have in our firm. So it's lot the people they our our employees they eat together, and every Friday night I tell you, uh, we got complaints from the neighbors. You know this is amazing. You know please be a bit more. I mean, shut <laughs> reduce 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 uh, your voices because you're celebrating every Friday. COVID stopped it a little bit, uh, but now I, what I heard uh, from the Souk team, I think they, they ended up two or three o'clock in the morning over there, you know. So, yes, we have a lot of events which we do together uh, and, 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 and events apart from work. And we have also clear, 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 again, agenda on, 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 on our vision. So maybe uh, one um, one uh, last question on Signum and, and you know the the competitive environment, right? So I mean now, you know there's two banks. Uh, we know that a lot of institutional players are, are moving in, um, also in other jurisdictions, right? Clearly. Um, so we also believe. So we believe that this will be a, a, a very large market at some point. But still, I mean now it is tough. The beginning, the start is tough, and it's quite competitive. So, what makes you so positive? You know, for for this, uh, not not just for the digital asset space, maybe you know, but also for the for the technology, right? Because uh, because adoption is slow and it takes time. So this goes hand in hand, right? Yeah, so providing absolutely. infrastructure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I mean, time is one of our biggest enemy enemy we have. On one hand, we need to develop as fast as possible to be ready. To be ahead uh, from from our competitors. On the other hand, we know that the ecosystem is not ready yet. So that's that's a real challenge what we have, and we are burning, burning, burning every day. And I think, I think it's still. I mean, there is competition, but there is there's a lot of space as well. I mean, if you just compare what the, the banking world, so it's still still with a lot of space, and. Uh, uh, we need competition. We need to have. We need other um, other service providers because they will actually help us to create an ecosystem. They will also help us to create sufficient liquidity, which is help, which is actually healthy for us, all of us. So, I think it can. Ha- if we can even need more competitors, uh, there will be more competitors. Um, it's it's the ecosystem which has to be built. There are some challenges ahead of us, you know, the new legislation, also infrastructure legislation, tax laws. Um, there, there are some challenges. I would say there are bigger challenges than just competition challenges ahead of us. Um, but and it's a tough, tough, uh, tough environment still. Also from a regulatory point of view, uh, but I think uh, I'm still convinced that this is the right way to do it. I'm convinced that this will radically change the financial uh, the financial offerings. How did you decide to go to get into law and uh, when yeah. was the first time that you realized that you wanted to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, actually my uh, I was I was here at the uh, grammar school at the Kantonsschule Zug and, and I uh, finished and my my best actually subjects were uh, math and mathematics and uh, physics. And not really languages, I must say. So uh, one of the teachers, they, he actually said, okay, I will come with you and let's go to the ETH because you should go to the ETH. So I visited the ETH and um, 
I was up there, only men with beards and uh, walking around and uh, that's interesting. Uh, my cousin was studying law at the same time and he was inviting me to university and I was entering the university. Wow, smoking cigarettes, playing cards, good looking girls. And I asked, what do you study here? And he said, law, I think I go for law. So it was not out of passion that I wanted to be the lawyer, you know. But then I started and I still love it. I, 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 I thought maybe that was a good decision that I visited. Maybe I was, could, could, would, would be passionate for physics as well. But, you know, it, 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 was, it was my, it was, it, law on one hand is also structured like mathematics. You know, it's structured and I like the structured way. So I felt really comfortable. I did law and... Uh, then I did all, you know, I, I, I did my, uh, my um, bar exam here in Zug. Uh, I was very pretty local at that time here in Zug. And I did my PhD. I was at London School of Economics. So I did all what, what you should have done. I mean, it, I just did it, you know, but, but not really. Yeah, I had no idea, you know, what shall I do? So, so I actually I have been asked by the big law firms to, to, to join them. So I actually explicitly... Uh, ch chose a, a law firm which had a, 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 a local office here in Zug, which is a smaller one, but a very good one. So I worked there. And then it was already from the beginning absolutely clear, but I don't know why. I mean, if you ask me why, I don't know why. It was absolutely clear that I will have my own company. It was clear. It was not even a discussion that I will have my own company. So then that's actually... Yes, that's how I started MME. Then I started, actually, I founded also the VQF here, the biggest self-regulating organization. Uh, and yes, it was more like, let's do it. Not even, I mean, not, not a too much of strategic thinking. I didn't think half an hour about something. Yes, gut feeling, it's good, could be. Just a little, I mean, I never did something unstrategically. I mean, it just, it, ha, it, it all fitted in one, I mean, if I'm looking back, it was all one road. It, it, it was not like, it was really very, very, very much concentrated on one road. But once I said, okay, I do it, I did it. I mean, just did it. And I never gave up. And what was it, um, because you said that you, you knew from the beginning that you will be your own boss and have your own company. Was it like a feeling or yep. you, just... Feeling. Or you, for example, didn't like to work for others, or what was it exactly? A feeling. It was. It was. It was a feeling that I, I want to have my own company. I want to be my own boss. And I tell you, once when we were growing bigger and bigger, I had to change my old company into AGs. So I had to sign my own working contract. Just imagine. But I said, no, I want to sign my own working contract. So I was working. How many years? 18 years without the working contracts. Now we are AGs, now I have a working contract. It's a little bit of reduction of freedom, I must say. But it, it is, it is, it is the, the it, it's, I think if you're an entrepreneur and you do actually, you work in your own company, you have the maximum freedom, the maximum freedom. And this is for me, life, one of the life quality number ones I have apart from health and family, you know, to be free. Amazing. Okay, so one last question before we move to three advices. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced during your entrepreneurial journey and how did you overcome them? Maybe you can give us one or two concrete examples. You have sometimes doubts, you know, if you're really on the right way. 
<laughs> so it's really that. Do I is am I really on the right way? And this is just not to give up. I mean, doubts are doubts are good thing. I mean, they help to shape your thinking, but don't let you be dictated by the doubts. You know, just use them as saying, "Hey, guys." I'm happy that you're here again <laughs> and uh, I will talk to you and I will address you and uh, but uh, yes uh, now you can actually go to sleep again the doubts I think you have sometimes doubts you know if you read on the right way and I I have some and also I have uh, uh, an expression which I like is the mirror testing you know you look in the mirror so even if you have doubts you know but you you say, okay, if I fail, I fail, but I don't cheat, I don't lie. It's actually, okay, it can happen. It's a mirror test. Was I unfair? And if you, if you can actually always look in the mirror and sleep well, like, oh, okay, I'm tired, then you're in the right way. And yes, I mean, and, and, and if you do not have a lot of energy, let's say, I mean, a basis of energy in your brain, body, you need a lot of, let's say, energy. Don't do it. Forget it. Because if you choose the way to, to, to start a company, you need three times, four times more energy than you ever think of it before you start. Now, so energy, handle the doubts and always look in the mirror and say, okay, fair, clear, true. I would say these are the principles. One more question. Now that you're speaking about overcoming the doubts, uh, how exactly do you do that? So how do you, do you, do you talk to somebody maybe to get a reality check or uh, how do you, how do you manage to overcome your doubts? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a bit crowdsourcing. You know, it's, if you have doubts, talk with others, share your doubts. And then you, 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 you can experience that the others have the same doubts. And then you start to, to make an analysis. Why do we have the doubts? And then it's, it gets into a positive process. Then you turn it from more like a gut feeling, uh, emotional thing into, let's deal with them. You know, you go to sleep now, doubts. We work on, 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 on solutions. Solutions come up, you know. And, and yes, it's actually sharing your doubts with others. Uh, and, and, and that's really helpful. Talk. Very good. So we conclude our uh, podcast or talks with the same question for every uh, guest that we have. So within 90 seconds, uh, Luca, we would like to uh, have you give three, you know, of the best advices that you have received or you would like to give to early stage entrepreneurs uh, I mean many things I already said you know it's it's let's start with energy don't start don't start a, a venture or a company or a project if you don't have the energy to it I mean you need energy and a lot of energy and that's one one advice so check your energy reserves if they're ready if you're happy and when I'm talking about energy then I'm also talking about your environment your environment must be ready for such a venture as well. For example, I had a wife supporting me. I mean, she was working the whole time. And she said, you know, she was one of the persons telling me when I was a bit doubtful, let's say 1998, shall I now open my 
already now, 34 year old, the, my own law firm, or should I proceed working in the bigger one because it's sexy, more, maybe more, more reputation? And then she said, hey, do it. So, so, so she gave me the last kick to do it. So the energy is also the, one, the energy you get from your environment around it. Have enough energy. Second is, uh, apart from the energy is, as we discussed, you know, handle the doubts, you know. If you will have, on the way up, you will have a lot of doubts yourself, you know. And, and you need to change the doubts, your doubts you have, into a positive a process to change them into solutions. And that's a process. I mean, you, and, and don't be shy to share your doubts you have. Don't be shy. Share it. Share them. And the last one is, you know, you will have a lot of negative energy coming against you the whole time. Don't get infected by this negative energy. Just take it as this is a normal way to be successful. You will have to deal not only with positive, which is more hurting. You have to deal and be ready to deal with negative, negative impacts on yourself. Deal with them like, like if you had a flu or whatsoever. Shut them away. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Luca. Uh, it was great that you were uh, joining us, and we're looking forward thank to you very uh, much. seeing you again. This was another episode of Crypto Valley Visionaries Podcast. Make sure to follow us when the mics are off on LinkedIn and Twitter at CV underscore labs, or visit our website at CVLabs.com.